You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter, and I'm here with my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. One of our favorite things to talk about, and we'll be talking about it for quite a bit here on some recent games and other news. Uh, but before we get into that, we want to say big thanks to our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the Angry Beaver. All right, so we've got three games to chat about today. Uh, we're recording this just before the November game with the Coyotes in Arizona, so we'll likely get get a chat about that one the next time. But right now we're going to talk about these recent three games that the teams had. Uh, two out of three wins, uh, some really great games, one kind of a dud one. We'll, we'll bring that up which one that is. But uh, uh, all starting up on October 30. Our boys got an overtime victory on the road. Always love to see that. Always love to see that against a really good team, uh, which uh, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning at this point. Uh, it was a nice way for the the Kraken to finish a decent road trip. Uh, they were on the road, and you know it was it was wasn't perfect, but you know they 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 did fine. It did decently. It seems like the team's on a on somewhat of an upswing. It seems like uh, they sort of you know. And we'll talk a little bit about how we're kind of feeling like the teams somewhat turned a corner overall in a general way. They're playing a little bit better than they were at the beginning of the year. So that was nice, and it really showed against this uh, Tampa Bay Lightning team. They outshot the Lightning forty three to thirty seven. So it was uh, you know. A, Close game though overall. Uh, Seattle Kraken winning four to three in that one. Um, Brian Dumoulin, there you go. He got, got his first. It was good to see him get on the scoreboard. Uh, and Yanni Gord, first two goals of the game. Um, uh, and then uh, later Kyler Yamamoto getting the third one. Uh, but you know, can't you can't count out Tampa. You can't count out uh, a lot of these teams. One thing that you know will. We'll talk a little bit about is even in the games they're winning, it feels like the Kraken are starting off pretty well, but they can't seem to play the full game. It just seems like they run out of steam in some of these games, and it's looked a little like that in the Tampa game here. But luckily, our our man J Jared McCann, man, he's just been coming through left and right here this season so far. He wins in overtime at the uh, two fifty three mark. Um, assisted by Vince Dunn and, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. So great game there. So that was on the 30th. Really wonderful to see. Uh, so these guys are on a, on a roll a little bit. Obviously, they're feeling uh, some confidence and, and hyped up about that game coming back home. And they started off with a home victory, a solid one. Also a close game, but really good. Jim uh, was in attendance. So Jim, I want to hear what your thoughts were right in front and center there. It was a close game shooting-wise. Uh, actually, the Preds. In this case, outshot uh, the Kraken 34 to 31, but Kraken come up on top four to two. And, um, you know, and there wasn't even any empty net goals, really. It was it was just, you know, some solid shots. Uh, actually, Fred's got on the board uh, first, Novak getting the first one. They're a little over six minutes into the game, but uh, a little bit later on, uh, actually some quick goals near the end of the uh, first period by Oliver Bjorkstrand and Jared McCann, so making that two to one. 
Uh, Roman Yossi coming back in the second period, tying the game. But Brian Dumoulin, there you go, get another one. So he gets two back-to-back goals there. Uh, Schultz and Cartier uh, on the assists on that one. And uh, and then Vince Dunn um, fully sealing the deal uh, in the middle of the third period uh, with a goal there, four to two, the final. Philip Grubauer in goal on that uh, in goal in that game. All right, so hey, on a roll here. All right, look, getting back, and they're kind of in the middle of the pack, standing wise, and and you know, slowly but surely getting back into things. And uh, well. You know, all, all the teams, you know, kind of lay an egg here and there. And this one kind of was. I mean, they got a few goals, but uh, letting up six goals, Ike, that's not good, folks. Uh, they lose to Calgary in the next home game, six to three. Um, and this one, this one wasn't, didn't feel <laughs> close, even though uh, they did get three goals. But Calgary outshot Seattle 31 to 20. Uh, Kraken only really looked good in that first period. Uh, and like I said, it was one of the few games, uh, one of quite a few they've had so far where they just seem to run out of steam. Uh, Ola Bjorkstrand and Ellie Tolvanen getting a couple of first period goals, but then it just really was all Calgary. Um, uh, Schwartz got one a little later in the, in the game, but yeah, a little too little too late on that one. So, uh, so losing on that one, and uh, so the standings for the Kraken, like I said, they're sort of in the uh, middle of the pack at this point. Uh, as we record here, they got 10 points, um, uh, a little bit behind Anaheim, uh, but ahead of uh, Calgary, Edmonton, and oh, oh, those San Jose Sharks. Thank God, guys, we are not Sharks fan cast. I would just, you know, be putting a paper bag over my head if we had to talk about that team but anyway we're talking about seattle kraken uh jim let me start with you thoughts on uh on those past three games and then what your experience was uh, particularly at the nashville game all righty uh talking about that tampa bay game that uh road game which was a lot bigger win than you think first of all it was the first time we've ever beat tampa bay so that was something yeah. to put in the pocket good point we were you know um and it was also the date that we finished knocking off the 31st team in the NHL since we're our inception. So those are two big, big deals, you know, to put in the books there. Um, it was also the game that uh, Grubauer got his first win. He started out 0-4, even though he was playing rather well. Uh, that was his first win. So it was nice to get that off his back and get him some confidence. Um, all in all, that was a great game. Uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't wax every category, but you know, Right down the line, uh, like you said, Dumi and Yamamoto getting a couple—that was huge key for him and and the whole team. And that Mo- uh, McCann right down the slot on that beautiful one-timer. You know what? What do you call a, a goal coming down the slot on the road? You can't call it down uh, Lenny Wilkins' way, right? On the road, yeah. You <laughs> what do you call it? Because every time no, it happens, well, it I depends say that. on what city, I guess, on broad, down Broadway if it's Nashville, right? Or- but I mean, every time it happens when I'm standing in front of the TV or whatever, I, I mumble that John Forsland line because I love it so much. That is um, you know, yeah. So, you know, that was a really good game and we totally outshot. We had 43 heavy shots that game. The power play, by the way, power play was two for three that game. And uh, we are, uh, you can stop talking about the PP now. It's it's on track. Uh, it's doing fine. It's actually eighth in the league right now at 25.7%. So we can... Quit talking about that, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, that was a great game. One thing I noticed about that game, guys, uh, looking up post-data, guys like Schwartz 
logged 22 minutes, which is almost unheard of for him. Um, and Yamamoto logged 20 minutes, which is, or pardon me, Yanni logged 20 minutes. Uh, Don and Larson packing 26 apiece. That's, I think, an all-time high for them. And Gru was outstanding, uh, 919. Um, and like I said, his first win. So that was a really good green card game all the way around. Very satisfying to win on the road in Tampa. Uh, next game against Nashville, I happened to be there in the crowd with Don, my seat partner. Um, <clears throat> One of you. That was a, partner. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> One of mine. All right, let's just put it this way then. So that was a really good game to be at. It was very enjoyable all the way around from puck drop on. Uh, it was John Forslund um, bobblehead night, which was really cool. And even my daughter made it to that game. She wanted to go back. She's a huge Forslund guy. Uh, she made a special T-shirt for the night that said, John Forslund is my homeboy. Um, <laughs> and it, it was a really good game. That might have been the best all-around game, even though they didn't uh, win every category. But they really clamped down, you know, as far as the eye test goes when you're there. Um didn't seem to get in any bad trouble. Uh, Bjorkstrand had a PP, you know, and that's, I think it was number three for him. He had that seeing eye shot uh, from the point on the power play that was almost identical as the same goal he scored the night or two nights before in uh, Tampa. Uh, it was just a, the same five on or, you know, power play rotation. He was on the point on that nice wrister just above the circle, top, top corner beauty. Um, McCann, another Nice off the side one-timer from a beautiful feed from Gord. Uh, Dumoulin again, you know, with the with the uh, second goal. And uh, the great thing about that is, is my seat partner, Dawn, is from Biddeford, Maine, which is where Dumoulin's from. So she's a big fan of that guy from the get-go. And so she was totally excited knowing that he got the goal. Um, like I said, great all-around game. The only weak spot that I could find was uh, our PK was we let gave up two on the PK and grew was outstanding again at a nine forty one, um, just a, a really enjoyable game to be at. And then, so that was two in a row. And we, the next game we're going for three in a row, which would be a first. Well, actually two in a row is a first um, this year. And that was against our buddies, uh, Calgary, who we struggle with big time. We were 1-6-0 and oh against him going into this game. I don't know what it is about that club. And, you know, on paper, the last two years, we have been the better club as we face them. So, <clears throat> uh, just hoping to finally take one. And Bjorkstrand got another uh, beauty. Oh, pardon me. That was the one he got the identical uh, shot on right. from the point on the PP. I'm sorry about that. You know what I'm talking about, though. They yeah, were, totally. They were identical. Um Tolvi had a nice beauty from a another setup from Gord, who's just killing on the setups this year. Uh, but there was a couple answer backs in this game that wasn't, you know, that's something we haven't seen much this year, and that's kind of patterns of last year. So we got to clean that up. The third goal, uh, actually the fourth goal we gave up was a horrible, it was an outlet pass breakaway. It was this horrible back check and then horrible overplay and non-coverage. It looked like beer league hockey, actually. And that was the nail in the coffin on that one because they just let down and then they got the empty netters. But then Schwartz got that one off his skate, which was, meant nothing. Um, other than that, the stats were nothing to write home about. Uh, and, you know, it, it, was, it was a total letdown because – once again, we're, we're one seven and zero against Calgary, 
and we should be putting those ones away. I don't know what it is, but that was a tough game, especially after those two where we, as you say, turning the corner looking like so. You know. One other thing, too, Jim, uh, you mentioned PP looking better. Um, I mean, I'm just saying, relatively speaking, there's certainly room for improvement. But if I'm uh, looking at the correct stats here, it looks, yeah, 23-24 so far. Looks like the face-off wins are 49.5. So it's been right. 20th in the league on that. So, I mean, remember last year, we were always 31 or 32. So we know that's been picking up. We know Bellamar is part of that uh, and the coaching off ice. Uh, but our PK has has dropped, which be below the last two years actually. So it's not something we got to turn because you know if you're on the combined hundred uh, percent, you're you're in the right field, and they're below when you total up. So it's all on that PK right now. They're they're twenty fifth on that, and that's not where they're supposed to be. Yeah. Well, so it's a little mixed bag. Uh, Groob's been in the most you know recent games, uh, Nathan. Um, I mean, maybe not so much on the Calgary game, although I wouldn't fault them on all that. But, um, you know, overall looking decent. You know, what are you thinking on the goalie front there? We had that run of Decord, and now we have this run with Grubauer. Yeah, we still don't know what that was about. Uh, With Grubauer, he needs more time, you know, more, more time to kind of settle in. He did this last year. He had some ups and downs, and then he started to get solid, and then he was our guy. But one thing... One thing that I came across on Facebook was that uh, at that Preds game, his start was his 100th start for uh, the Kraken. But looking at it a little bit farther, 100 starts out of 175 games in team history, but he's only won 36 out of his 100 starts. So we want to see that get, you know, a little bit closer to the 500 mark if we can. I mean, I you can't expect the sun out of somebody, but that definitely can polish up a little bit. But I thought that was kind of an interesting stat that I, I didn't really think about. I never sat back and thought, I wonder how many games, you know, total he's won out of, you know, this and that. So that was interesting to see. Well, plus a tough so, first year, right? And, you know, you and sure. your expansion team, that's that, that kind of stat's going to hurt a little bit. Yeah. But like you guys are saying, I mean, he's been looking, he's been looking good. Uh, <clears throat> other things to mention too when, for instance, the Preds game, the, I see a trend with with the names that are scoring a lot more. And that's really helping not just the scoreboard, but it's helping relieve some of the pressure for Grubauer as well. Because there are times where if he gets that one goal that he lets in, you know, the floodgates can open. So it really helps that we get we come out strong and the power play the Bjorkstrand wrister. I'd like to see what flex that guy has on his stick because the bend on that thing when he hit that from the point was amazing. But uh, yeah, all around, you know, they're helping, they're helping grow out. They just, they've got some of these teams like the flames that they just can't seem to get the monkey off their back. And it's frustrating, but still have plenty of hockey left. So we'll see, see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if you have them in front of you, Jim. I'm looking a little bit at the player stats where we're at this at this point. Um, and, you know, uh, the goals, and it's still early, so maybe it's, it's, I don't want to read into this too much, but it's interesting, like, uh, points-wise, uh, you know, Schwartz, Bjorkstrand, Dunn, McCann, they're, they're 
notably the you know the top four then you got a little dip down and then there's like a few guys Gord, schultz tolvin and dumoulin borgen and yamamoto who are like four four or five points and then uh you know uh oh maddie's maddie's four he's got he due to his uh, assists but uh and then there's a real drop off from all the from all the rest of the guys um you know, uh, it seems like, uh, you know, last year, what was really nice is just how spread out all the scoring was. I mean, every time I look up and I, I love Jared McCann and thank goodness he's on the team and he's he's one of the best players has been. But every time I mean, I love seeing McCann, you know, or anybody get it, get a goal. But sometimes I'm like, OK, I'm, I feel like I don't know, am I wrong? I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm seeing the same three, four guys do most of the work here at goal, uh, scoring wise. You are. And that, you know, for all four lines, that's what you're getting right now. So we all know it's been a slow start in production. And going back to Nathan, even talking about Grubauer, you know, the amount of wins versus career with the team. And Chris brought up the first year. It's almost like you got to throw that out. And then, you know, you wonder how many games he's lost by one goal or overtime losses as well. So that ties in with actual goal production. As we know, last year we were, we were uh, number one in the league on five on five at 3.2 something, I believe. This year we're not even hitting 2-2. So that's a whole goal a game off. And you know Maddie's scoreless. Uh, you guys like Ebbs are down. We know that whole second line other than Schultz, I mean um, Schwartz, you know, Schwartz is doing his thing. He's rather Schwartz hot. Right now, yeah, actually. Schwartz got five goals. Yeah, rather hot. And um, – you know, but when he's not doing diddly when it comes to that and Ebbs is down uh, and then that bottom six is kind of doing what you would think of a bottom six. Certainly not like last year, but that was like that was bizarre stuff last year. We'll take it. But it, it was beyond expectation, to be honest with you. Um, it'll come around, I think, all the way up and down the lineup. I noticed that Hacks is being a little impatient, which I like, but at the same time, I don't like um, with line combos. He's, you know, he's toyed with that first line quite a bit. We all know what it originally was. And then he, he brought, you know, ever since we, we lost uh, our, our third, you know, our wingers on injuries, he's had to move it around and he brought Bjorkstern up to, you know, from the second or from the third to the second line, he brought, uh, McCann down to the third, things like this. He brought Karchi up to the first to try to light Baneer's fire, things like this. Well, what I read today from Mike Benton um, is that they were looking at lines today with uh, McCann, Maddie, and looking at Yamamoto up on the first right now to help kind of get things going. And then that helped out. They brought Karchi down to the fourth. So they're trying, he's trying to get a balance going all the way, no matter what, and trying to light fires. And it's kind of surprising to me because I I kind of like that philosophy, but at the same time, it's not really hacks like it's kind of impatient for him. But we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, and I was just reading that through Mike Ben today, and you know, he's at the practice. And by the way, he's kicking my butt in fantasy hockey this last week. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, he's smoking. Well, you, you, you're playing against God, the guy. it was horrible hockey. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes because uh, Yamamoto is is really stepping up his game more so than I thought he would from the time we got him. Me too, because you know when we got him. Yeah, I mean when we got him, I remember that day we were at camp, I believe, Chris, oh. and we got the news at the end of the camp day, and I thought, God, aren't we done? Do we do we need to do this? 
And we did it. And I didn't expect anything other than third, fourth line performance type of rotation. And that's kind of where he's been. But now, you know, he's he's producing. Uh, he's in the mix. He's on the PP2 at times. And it's he's being rewarded right now up to the first line. Well, uh, you know, don't quote me on this, but it looks like practice. They're going to move him around. So, you know, and we just we really need to get Maddie going here. Uh, you know, I know he's, you know, he's got four points or whatever, but he needs production. He needs to finish off some some goals and, and get some confidence. And, you know, as far as that second line, like I said, Schwartz is doing it. Uh, but other than that, we'll see what happens here. And, Carche on the fourth. That's fine with I'd like me. To, I'd like to see different. more from Mebs too, Everly. Um, well, that's what I was taught. Yeah. As you said, that's what you I was saying. I mean, it, for yeah. some reason, it doesn't seem like the puck's on his stick much this year to begin with. It's kind of weird. Yeah. He's just because, sort of you know, he's out there a lot. And that's, yeah. Yeah. He's a control a guy. He comes in the zone with it on his stick, you know, and, and I'm not seeing that a whole lot. So I don't know what's going on there. McCann, on or, the other hand, is, is trending great. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, six goals already. And, and that's, yeah. And Schwartz too. Hey, Schwartzy. No, I know. Solid Bjorkstrand. You know, uh, those guys are looking all right. You know, but uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's still early. A lot to happen for it. You know, don't have Burakovsky. You know, uh, you're right. Jeez, Winberg's a big nothing. The goose egg on the goals, three assists. Yeah. Although he's a, I mean, he's he's our plus minus guy. He's our you know two way guy, and that's fine. But yeah, but you know. Injuries and movement, and with all the goals and scores and everything, he's at a minus five. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, you know, uh, our boy Tanev's in the red practice jersey, so he's close. Um, and then that's going to throw around those lines again. What are you going to do? You know. So. Yeah. Well, well, our face, back. our faceoff percentage has been getting better, a little, right? So is 49, it five. Forty nine five. Is our is is our entry? into the opposition from the neutral, not as polished as it could be, or is it poor quality shots? Is it a mixture of both? You know, um, is that first line of that change going to change things? Do you think? I mean, it sounds interesting. It sounds exciting to watch. Um, I don't know, you know, without getting the analytic charts out. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, I know. You, uh, I'm sure, you know, high danger, naked eye, whatever. It doesn't seem like we're getting some, a lot of high danger stuff a lot. It seems like, you know, by the way, I mean, like when Bjorkstrand scores on those, those are seeing eye pucks, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's throwing them at the net. He, he's not, I'm sorry. He's not picking that corner. Exactly. He's throwing them at the net. He's getting screens from, wouldn't you know it, the other club, not his own club. Right. So that's just, it happens when you throw it on that. And that's part of the reason that PP is hanging out at 25%, which is beautiful. That's not our concern. Goaltending is not our concern. The PK is a bit right now. Um, uh, other than that, I think we're okay. We just need to uh, get some goal production support when these goaltenders are playing well, both of them. Mm, yeah. Yeah. When I, when I play, when I play center, I, I tend to stay, you know, middle of the point, maybe a little closer to the crease, because I look for those those greasy ones or those those deflections that I can, you know, just quickly knock in. That's where half my goals have come from. So it makes sense that you'd want to see that from from our guys. But you have so much power, you know, even from the top of the point. Not everything, not everything's going to come off like that. You know, it's going to end up in the corners or whatnot. So 
it would be interesting to see how this new addition to the Hackstall system really plays out, you know, fart around with lines as much as he does. I'm interested to see it. Well, he's still experimenting, obviously, because of the Burakovsky situation. Yeah. And, you know, with the last two years and what's gone on with him, you almost have to plan like, almost like he's not going to be around, right? Sure. In a way, I, you never know. So, um, which could, you know, evolve into a de- late a deal by deadline or something. Who knows? So it's like Chris always says, you know, it's early and it is. Um, but we we were at that corner turning point and then we lay that, well, we just a horrible game last game. So we don't want that pattern at bottom line. And it happens. Um, back on the road, I don't know, is this going to be another one of those uh, <laughs> cracking teams that looks better on the road? Well, whatever. Gra- grab whatever wind you can, guys. Um, so they're going to uh, head down to uh, Arizona to the uh, little mini arena there for, against the Coyotes and um, Colorado, uh, also in, in, uh, on away game. And then back home on the 11th uh, against the Oilers. That should be interesting. Oilers struggling so far this year, but it's the Oilers are still on paper such a great team, and uh, Kraken have had tough games with them. So, you know, a lot, a lot of formidable opponents. Like, you know, it seems like they're getting all the abs games out of, out of the way early, too. Huh. Start with yeah. those guys, ninth, and then uh, back home on the 13th. And the Oilers, so it's it's all really bunched up before we start seeing some uh, East Coast teams like uh, the Islanders and and uh, Toronto a little bit later in the month. So um, anyway, they're keeping it interesting, guys. Right? So yeah, yep, yeah, can't can't complain too much. Uh, just a little uh, update also on the AHL's Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, Kraken's AHL team they are on a four game win streak. Where to go, guys? They started off. Kind of like okay, but not no, not great. You know, they were the uh, runners up uh, for the AHL championship last year, and uh, but now they're on a little bit of a roll. Uh, they beat uh, San Jose Barracuda twice, Abbotsford, and Bakersfield the other night. So congrats to them on those. Uh, they've got uh, home games coming up against San Diego, Calgary, and Tucson coming up. So keep it going, Firebirds. Also, and the only uh, Firebirds news or Kraken slash Firebirds news, uh, Tucker Robertson, uh, the 2022 fourth-round pick, was sent down to the Kraken's ECHL team, Kansas City Mavericks. So ECHL, for those of you who don't know, uh, was originally the East Coast Hockey League, although they just call it ECHL now, I suppose. And they don't even talk about East Coast because uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like a third of the teams aren't anywhere near the East Coast. But uh, that's essentially your double-A level uh, minor league team. And the Kansas City Mavericks are the Seattle Kraken affiliate. But you don't usually see or, you know, a lot of ECHL guys making it to the NHL. A few will, certainly, but not a lot. But Tucker, you know, Jim, you and you and I saw him quite a bit at training camp. And we brought him up, too. I remember in some past episodes, like he was a kid who kind of impressed us. So why would they send him down? And they just got too many, uh, a little bit of a log jam in the in the roster, you think? You know, you caught me off guard in the pre-meeting because I was not aware. But yes, I'm just going to say yes without doing any research. And I'll do it after this. But I probably won't find much, to be honest with you. Um, It's got to be logjam material. Uh, You know, he has a contract with us. He's got an entry level. Um, You've got 
at Coachella, you've got your your old guard and your new guard that are there. You know, guys like Shane and everybody are playing. But you got your other guys above them, your Podoloskis and all this guys above them on the first two lines as well. So right. you got to you got to have your you know your space. And I, I know that they want they don't. Robertson's done with Junior, so he's not going anywhere. So he's got to he's got to keep his wheels going. So send him to the East Coast Hockey League. And you're right, you don't see much activity from a pro contract down there. But it'll happen when you've got some pool talent that's pretty deep, right? Um, it used to happen a lot more 10, 15 years ago, that's for sure. So he's just down there getting his wheels tuned, you know? Yeah, well, get, getting a chance to play rather than sit on a bench, right. Right? have him do that and that's, continue to develop. He's he's the equivalent down there to what Shane was last year at Coachella, basically, just a step down. Right. Yeah, it's just interesting to see in the movement. You're you're right. I mean, if you find some more news, uh, you know, let me know. But yeah, there wasn't much. Oh, you, like, oh, hey, by the way, he's down in Kansas City, and then you see some Kraken fans are like, Kansas City, what? You know, <laughs> yeah, don't well, don't exactly. No, that's an affiliate. You know, I I pay attention yeah. to a lot of minor league hockey, so I'm I'm on top of it. I was like, wow, what what's up with that? But you know, Coachella's yeah. this it, for on the EAHL level, so AKA AAA level, this stack team. And they've got some guys that, you know, you know, have almost one foot, you know, in the NHL. So, I mean, if uh, things shuffle, shuffle around, I'm sure Tucker will be back up to the Coachella club. But uh, just as an interesting move and it's interesting to me and I think others, uh, what's happening behind the scenes with with our prospects and, and seeing what they're doing. I keep an Agreed. eye on those guys and, you know, the guys who are still in juniors and everything. And it's great. And then when we get to see them come up to Seattle in the training camp and, um and it's it it gets exciting to to see these prospects during training camp doing really well. And you're like, oh, who's this kid? You know, I, Ty Nelson, I think, is a good example. We got to meet Ty, and but also saw him and you know saw him come up and and play some uh, preseason games with the Kraken. And you're like, ooh, this could be the future. This is kind of cool. And yeah. you see them they're holding their own. Okay, maybe they're not NHL ready yet. I get that, but they you know. Another year or two or three, you, you could totally see him in that. So, uh, and Robertson could be one of those kids too. So we'll see. Well, look at Yager Fergus numbers right now, back mm -hmm. in junior. He yep. is absolutely lighting it up. I, I said think Yager, I Jagger. J Jagger. <laughs> Yager, Jagger, Jagger, Jagger. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? I think I'm going to follow suit with Chris and get that uh, AHL package, you know, because there's times where they play when the Kraken aren't. You know, and it'd be nice to even flip back and forth, you know, and kind of see what's going on. Because I'm I'm really starting to get more and more intrigued with our future players and the future of this league. Because even when it comes down to, you know, I don't have a visitor jersey yet. And I'm like, who do I want to get on there, you know? And I start thinking of some people that really stand out to me. And I'm thinking, God, man, they could be gone at any moment, you know? And I just... I start thinking, well, you know, we've got some of these guys down in Coachella that are probably going to be with us for a while, you know. So I don't know, but I'm thinking about getting that package for sure. I want to, yeah, see yeah. More games. AHL, AHL TV or AHLTV.com, and uh, they've got some different packages. You can get the full league. I don't have it in front of me right now. I want to say it was a little over a hundred bucks. If you wanted to watch all the game possible games, not just Coachella, you wanted to go, you know, watch a I don't know, uh, a Hershey Providence Bruins game, for instance, or something you could do that. And then there's one for like specific teams for their home and away. And 
Uh, and that was like a little, a little over 60 bucks. That's the one I got because I, I think mainly I'll, I'll, I'll just want to watch the Coachella games from time to time and yeah, same right here. on your computer. And, uh, you know, last year that Grant, you know, uh, goalie legend Grant Fuhrer was the uh, color commentator on it. So, you know, it's totally legit. And uh, it's great to see, too, a little, little Acrisure Arena, which I'm hoping to get to this February. You know, seen seen a, well, medium sized arena. I wouldn't say it's super small, but it's, uh, you know, it, it's a, a minor league level uh, uh, arena. And just seeing a pack like that, people in the desert are so psyched for that team. It's, it's, it's great to see. And great to see quite a few guys who have had a few, you know, so-called cups of coffee with the crack. And you'd see Max McCormick or Podorowski, Shane Wright, of course. I mean, you're going to recognize a lot of the games. Uh, any of you listeners out there want to catch a Coachella Firebirds game, uh, you know, you'll you'll know some of the names for sure, if you, especially if you've watched any of the preseason cracking games. Yeah. And they just unveiled their new third alt jersey. I noticed tonight on uh, X Twitter. Uh, it looks like an orange combo, and it's got the palm tree logo on the front, and it's got the patch of their normal emblem on one shoulder and the Kraken S on the other. So I saw that. That's kind of interesting. Oh, there they are. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I didn't catch it. Thanks. Yeah. Shane modeling it. Yeah. So there you go. Everybody, of course, uh, I, I saw the, uh, well, I, I know. Coachella put it up, but I'm actually looking at our buddy uh, Mike Brandt's uh, Sasquatch NHL. He posted that, and uh, right. Shane looking good there. Yeah, yeah. Good luck getting a hold of it, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're having a, getting a little runaround. We were talking about, uh, you know, off recording here. It's a little, little tough uh, communication. Well, communication with the AHL or or even you know. Oh yeah, yeah. About this last year about their their uh, yes. website is so user unfriendly and oh and my god, it's horrible. Some info. But uh, also communicating with the Firebirds uh, administration. It's weird. A little tough, you know. We're trying to find out some info about getting uniform, like uh, replica uniforms, for instance. Jerseys, anything, basically. Yeah. 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 And I'm, you know, I'm not the only one. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of stuff. And whenever I posted, there's a lot of people jumping on about it and everything. Oh, yeah. That's what blew my mind, Jim, because when you you posted it and I had to ask you, I didn't know. I forgot that you were reaching out. You were wondering about getting a a replica jersey and but i saw your post about that you know making a complaint about coachella and quite a few people answered it was like oh okay this is a thing apparently yeah and i'm like i guess do you want to keep your business local only what's up you know so whatever i might have to call todd again by the way that's todd with one d exactly Uh, a little fire there that's he's he's the only one todd i know with one d so there you go he's our todd there you go mr lightwicky Get it, get us some Firebirds uh, happening. Yep. Anyway, well, good, good for the Firebirds though to do with the team. Anyway, the players doing well, and they're going to continue on that way. Uh, speaking of uh, shirts and and clothing, folks, a reminder: we've got Kraken Fancast T-shirts now, and we also have our own exclusive Dunn and Larson Maritime Law Group shirts. You can look so fashionable and show your love for two of our best defensemen at a Kraken game by buying that. It says a little Kraken fan cast logo in the back of the shirt, but it says Dunn and Larson in the front, Maritime Law Group. It'll be perfect. And, you know, what What can we say? Christmas isn't far away, folks. These make great gifts. So 
If you go to our website, seattlekrakenfancast.com, click on the shop link. Lots of people have done it already. And thanks to all those who have ordered. But we got a bunch of shirts still left. So we'd love to uh, unload them and, and see all you wonderful people wearing them. So uh, check it out. Uh, just go uh, right to the shop link on our website, and that'll bring you to the T-shirt page, seattlecrackandfancast.com. That's also where you can go to listen to some of our older episodes, find out info about us. We encourage you to do that. We encourage you also to stay in touch with us on Facebook, on Twitter, or X, or whatever it's called now, at Cast Kraken is our uh, our handle there, Instagram, uh, YouTube, we're all on there. Um, you can also find our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and our very own website, as I just mentioned earlier, but I can't say it enough, seattlecrackandfancast.com. We also hope you'll consider supporting us on our Patreon financial support platform. You can find out more information about that at patreon.com slash crackandfancast. As always, we are very grateful to all of our supporters. So, there you go. For Jim Cockrell, Nathan Gunderson, and our fabulous producer, Jay Middleton, I'm Chris Porter. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back in a few days. We're trying to do these a little more often. We last first two seasons, we were always like right at the two-week mark. We're going to try to maybe, I don't know, every 10 days, nine days. We're going to try to make it a little more often here, guys. So stay tuned on that. And uh, thanks for your listening and patronage. And as always, we say, go, go crack. crack.